How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with our new category, Grim Dark Movies. We're kind of figuring it out as we go along, too. What it means, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll get closer to the truth as the series goes along. It's like along the lines of Warhammer 40k tone, so it's like a dark future or past with a dystopian society or something like that. So I think those are like the main, you know, characteristics of Grimdark, but yeah, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. We'll find out. This movie's definitely a, <laughs> I wouldn't fit that category. I would say so as well. And what's this movie, Dan? What did you pick? I picked Children of Men from Alfonso Cuarón. Yes, gather around all you children and listen to this tale. Or not. <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little bit about Children of Men, Dan. What is it? In 2027, in a chaotic world in which women have been somehow or have become somehow infertile, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to a sanctuary at sea. Yeah, and this director, Alfonso Cuaron, or however you say his name, he directed Gravity in a Harry Potter movie. And Roma. Yeah, that one too. He's directed quite a quite a few like bigger movies that are supposed to be really good, so I haven't seen all of them. I've seen a few, and I've liked everything I've seen that he's done. I think I've only seen Gravity by him, and I, I mean that was okay. I didn't love it by any means, but I didn't dislike it either. Kind of in the middle on that one, but is the the most overrated movie of that year for sure. It was good. I don't think I saw it in three D or anything either, so I don't know if that was what the big hubbub was about. I don't remember if I did either or not. That would have been cool in three D though. That was in 3D? I think that's why people loved it so much, but I don't remember exactly. It's been so long. That's years ago. Can't go wrong with the 3D. Well, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it, but apparently this one did it right, so I don't know. I didn't like 3D craze because it just gave movie theaters like an excuse to sell tickets at a higher price. It's good, and few movies the movies it's really good in though it's like really good and adds to the experience like avatar i never saw avatar in 3d you missed out that was like one of the only movies that actually took advantage of 3d and made it like really really good in the movie yeah it's the one that started the 3d craze too everybody was like 3d 3d because <laughs> it's like you're actually on pandora and stuff like in the jungles or when they're flying on the birds and stuff and then like all their computer screens and monitors were curved and everything and oh it was just so cool nothing has come even like close to being as good at doing 3d as that movie I just don't like wearing the glasses. If they could somehow figure out a way to do it without having to wear the glasses, then I'd be all in. But Yeah, anyways, this movie is not in 3D. Um, <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> it came out before the 3D craze. Yeah, I guess before we get too deep into it, this will be spoiler heavy. So if you're worried about that, you know, maybe go watch it first and then come back. Or if you don't care, you could stick around and just listen. Whatever you want to do. But you've been warned. That is true. We're going to do it. 
it's gonna happen. But uh, what did you guys think of Children of Men? I really like how it's like it doesn't have any text at the beginning that tells you the world how it's set it up or anything. It just throws you right in and like it. It tells you just enough. Like I don't need like a paragraph at the beginning of the movie to tell me about the world. I don't need anything like that or a quote by some author. You just throw me in there. I'll pick up on it. And it does a great job of like establishing what's going on in this dystopian future. And it does it really quick, too. You're exactly right. I loved all that world building in like the first 30 minutes. It felt like relevant, too, like an insight into like their daily lives. Wasn't just like, you know, forced either. I don't know. I thought it felt very natural and informative at the same time. It's not like some guy like got flung from the past into the future and doesn't understand what's going on, so I just have some guy come up and explain everything to him. It's, you know, this person who's lived in this world and is just going about his day-to-day. They manage to tell it without having to make it feel like they're telling it. Yeah, that is nice. This movie's an hour and 50 minutes long, pretty much, but it doesn't feel that long. At least it didn't to me. It felt like an hour and 20 minutes or something. Like, it was pretty fast-paced, I thought. You know, I know we usually talk about this sort of thing towards the end. But I gotta say, this this one had been on my list for a long time, right? And I'd heard a lot about it. But I was not prepared for what a killer soundtrack this movie has. (laughs) It's like, holy smokes. Yeah, (laughs) right off the bat, we get some King Crimson in there. Yes, I was going to talk about that. I was so happy. I knew you guys were going to like that. (laughs) (laughs) The Court of the Crimson King. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, are they doing what I think they're doing? It was perfect, man. (laughs) Yeah, I was so happy. Great choice. Any movie that throws King Crimson in there, it already goes up a star for Terry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could just be a King Crimson song, then credits, and you at least get one star from me. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And I liked some of the other songs, too. Like, they all fit well together. There was, like, a cover of Ruby Tuesday, and they're at a really sad part in the movie, and I was like, oh. And I, I like, rewound it and got my phone up there. I was like, what song is this? What's playing? Like, I know it's Ruby Tuesday, <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't heard this cover. Is there, like, a score, though? Because I don't, I don't remember there being one, really. Yeah. The original score is very melancholy. It's got all those, like, the strings and stuff going on. Oh, okay. So I didn't really notice it. For what I remember, there was nothing, but I guess, yeah, maybe there was some stuff. Is it pretty sparse, or is it just kind of, I just somehow (laughs) missed it? It's pretty sparse. They only use it a few times. It captures the mood very well. It enhances all those scenes that it does show up in. Yeah, I felt like a lot of that melancholy, like, psychedelic 70s rock in there was, like, very indicative of grimdark with... You know, music and things that harken back to a time when things weren't so grim. But it's got, like, that dark undertone. I mean, like, that King Crimson song, like, the lyrics are kind of weird. You know, they're a little (laughs) spooky. Because he's talking about a lot of weird stuff. And you're like, I don't necessarily know if I understand what's going on. But I don't know if it's actually a good thing or not. And um, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. I think you're right. It does. it, It gives it a cool mood. Yeah, a good atmosphere. Makes it feel strange. I really like the the camera work in this movie too a lot. The a lot of like super long takes. I was really impressed by that. 
that war scene at the end. Oh my god, that was so good. I remember when I was watching it the first time, I got like halfway through that scene and I was like, I just now realizing this has been one take. It's like they got out here. This is amazing. <laughs> That's what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it blends in so naturally with what's going on. You don't realize it's just one take. And then when you do, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, that's something Alfonso Cuaron is very good at, is his camera work and his cinematography. Yeah. This movie looks amazing. Like, and Gravity did too. And so does Roma. Like, this is a trending theme with his films. Yeah, I'm just gonna say here, I really loved this movie. Like, I remember sitting there for like a minute after it ended. I was like, you know, this is probably the best movie I think I've seen in the last few months. I know, right? It is pretty good. It makes me wish I'd watched it sooner. Because it hasn't been on my list for so long, and I've just been ignoring it for so long, too. That's how I felt, too, when I watched it. And I watched it, like, oh, man, a year or two ago, I think it was. I don't remember now, but, yeah, I was like, dang, I can't believe I waited this long to actually watch it. Yeah, there's just something about this movie, like it pushed all the buttons that I wanted a movie to push. Like this, the sci-fi, the the grimness of it, the score, the characters are good, the action's good, the cinematography, just like everything about this movie was really good and really well done. Yeah, the music's good. It's got some real intense moments that have you on the edge of your seat, and it's it's a dark movie, sure, but it also has a nice underlying theme of hope going on through it and that can be very oh what's the word sappy's not really the right word oh like a teen teeny i think i know what you mean like a teen books angsty teen series yeah angsty my yeah mike mike mike's got it with the teeny stuff in the hands of a lesser director they could really blow that out of proportion and make it cringy a little bit but nah alfonso does a great job of just giving you that little taste that keeps you going and keeps you like rooting for the characters that actually make it to their goal and gets you invested and i mean that all leads up to that very powerful scene right before the end where they're walking out with the the baby or whatever, man. That that gets that's got me both times I've watched it. That that scene's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. And then it gets cut off by the rocket going off, and everybody just snaps out of it. It's crazy. It's like you're actually in on the spell at that point from seeing the kid. Yeah, that scene was just phenomenal. I think like the camera work, the actors, just the way it was all set up. You know, like you had the long take of Clive Owen's character getting up there. And then you have the take of just the drastic contrast from the uh, like fighting that was going on to they're all stopped. And they're like, it's like they've seen a, like a miracle or something, which I mean, they pretty much have in this world um, with the way it's set up where there's no kids anymore. But it's just 
I thought that was phenomenal. There's another long take they do when they're sneaking out of the, um, what did they call that terrorist group? Uh, the fishes. The fishes. That's right. The fishes. I wanted to say the fireflies, but that's from <laughs> that's a Last of video Us. game. <laughs> yeah. Which I was getting Last of Us vibes while watching this. I was like, wow, Last of Us kind of really took from this. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But, um, yeah, there's another long take when they're trying to escape and he's like going from car to car trying or disabling them when they're not one that he can steal and then doing that. That was, I noticed that this go around was like, Ooh, this one's really good too. <laughs> or even yeah, when they're driving down that road and that gang of people comes down and attacks them and that's all in one take. Oh, geez. Every time it gets super intense, it's always usually in one take, I think. And it really adds a lot. I think the, just with the tension. It's like you're sitting there watching it in real time. Man, that scene was crazy. Like where like they're trying to leave and that terrorist group comes out of the trees. Like I was watching them with the ping pong ball and I was like, well, great. You know, I guess Clive Owen needs a romance. Sure. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's grim dark, but I guess, man, I feel like I got got there. Like they wanted us to think like that. <laughs> like they were like lulling you into a sense of, you know, classic romance, love interest. <laughs> they wanted you to like her just so they could kill her. That's what they were doing, but it works. Just so you know, we can kill anyone anytime in this movie. Yeah, it really did lull you into like a sense of comfort there. And then that scene just changed it immediately because like Clive Owen's character, he wasn't even really taking this super seriously until that happened. And then you could see the shift in his character. He was like, oh man, something's not right here. Well, there's a, there's a nice escalation of tension and stuff that they do um, in that opening, right? Because like you guys said, they just throw you in there and you're learning everything on the fly as Clive Owen goes about his job. And then like things just start stacking little by little. Like um, he goes to Michael Caine, who's awesome in this movie, by the way. <laughs> He goes there and you learn about some more bad crap that's happening. Well, I forgot the bomb going off first, but there's that. Then um, that happens and the youngest male dies or whatever. And then he gets kidnapped and finds out it's his old uh, wife who's in charge of kidnapping him or whatever. And then it just keeps building and building up until the point where like... He gets emotionally invested in it with um, his wife getting killed and then uh, learning that she roped him in on this because the girl that he's supposed to transport is actually pregnant. It's just such a good like escalation from there. And then when you learn that the girl's pregnant, it's like everything makes sense instantly and raises the stakes real high for you, which is which is really cool. They do it really well. It's good story, very good storytelling. And for me, I didn't know going in that she was pregnant either until she reveals it. So that was an even more holy crap moment when you learned that. Yeah, I didn't know like hardly anything about this movie. Um, and I'm glad I went in pretty much blind. I kind of regret knowing that he was going to escort a pregnant gal. Yeah, that would have been a really wicked reveal. Otherwise, 
So sorry if you're listening and chose to proceed without watching it. (laughs) (laughs) We warned you. We warned you. (laughs) We did warn them. And something else I wanted to bring up, too, when Fox was talking about them taking away Julian Moore really early on and quick, they do that a lot in this movie. Like, you get introduced to somebody, and they're there, and they help them out on their quest, and then they're gone, and you never see them again. And it's it's nuts, because it, it's a lot like real life in that aspect, where you'll run into somebody who will help you out when you need it, and then they're gone, and you may never run into them again and stuff. When you get to the end of the movie, it really makes you reflect back on all the stuff that they'd gone through and all the people who helped them get to where they were at that time. It's, it's crazy. It's so well done. You don't, you don't get these feelings from a lot of other movies like this. Yeah. I think they do a good job of that too, except for, for one character. This is my, like my minor complaint. Everybody comes back kind of at least once. I feel like it feels like they're all pretty instrumental to the story, except for, his cousin or his brother, who like works at the art museum. Oh yeah, the guy who got him the papers. Yeah, I don't really feel like it didn't seem like he needed to be there. They could have just written it that his job let him like just get that stuff because that guy never does come back like everybody else, or never, there's never a call back to that guy. Like I said, minor complaint, but just compared to everybody else who shows back up or has some sort of ramification for helping them, this guy, nothing ever happens with this. I kind of forgot about him. <laughs> they kind of use him as setup for the world state more than anything else. Because, I mean, he's got the statue of David or whatever, and you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty nuts that he's got that. <laughs> but um, I, I I see that. He didn't, he didn't bug me too much, though. It's not like a big issue by any means. It's just something I noticed when I was watching. I was like, well... Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it it is probably just mostly for world building, just to be like, here's another cool thing that happens in this world. This guy goes around and takes all the famous art pieces and restores them or something. But I mean, besides that, it doesn't really have too much ramification for him to help out in this quest. Well, he makes that comment, too, when Clive Owen asks him how he's been dealing with everything going on. And the guy's like, I don't think about it. That kind of drives how Clive Owen acts afterwards for a bit, too. So I gotta say, we we talked a little bit about Michael Caine, but I love him in this movie. He's so funny, and he's, like, so (laughs) different than every other character I've seen Michael Caine play. Like, stoner Michael (laughs) Caine living in the woods is awesome. (laughs) His hair is so cool. that, That had to have been a wig, right? Like... Do you think he could have grown his real hair out like that for this movie? <laughs> I doubt it. That was pretty long. Because now, like in my own head canon, I like to think that that was more like real Michael Caine and everything else has been a part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he fits that role so naturally, it kind of makes you think, you're like, hmm, is he actually like that? <laughs> like, man, yeah. <laughs> I hate pull my finger jokes, but he seems so at home doing that yeah i didn't really like that too much but (laughs) everything else was great about him even clive owen was like oh come on (laughs) exactly he's like you're not funny grandfather (laughs) yeah he was pretty good it's cool to see him not just be like 
butler or old authority figure, you know, he's something different, which is cool. But yeah, even his like side story was pretty heartbreaking too, you know, just him with his wife and everything. And that was a really cool world building moment too, I thought. That they, like, show you, like, the disturbing, you know, trailer, or, like, ad, I guess, not trailer, for the suicide water. And then when the people are coming, he's, like, getting the kid out for his wife. And do you know what it is from the ad in the beginning? A lot of cool little stuff like that. Yeah, the world building is just great in this movie. It's, like, phenomenal, too. There's a lot of um side stories in this movie that they're all like pretty tragic but they're interesting too and well done even if they're in there for like a couple minutes it just adds depth to the characters adds world building to the movie and it's done really well and it doesn't feel like overbearing at least not to me and michael kane's telling clive owen's backstory basically it's like he's doing it in a humorous kind of way for them, but then it's got that slow um, zoom in on Clive Owen, and he just looks so depressed at that point. It's just like it's two clashing tones that fit in well, and it does what you were just talking about really nicely too. And man, Clive Owen does good in that scene too. I mean, he's good. Everybody in this is real good, but he did excellent in this movie. Yeah, he does a great job. I can't think of anybody who did a bad job, though. I liked everybody in this movie a lot. Yeah, I agree. Like, the, the refugee girl who's pregnant, she did perfect. She was amazing. The The midwife, I think that's what they, they called her. Um, She was going around with the girl. She, like, she was good. Her, like, side backstory that she told Clive Owen was really good, too, I thought. That guy who played the cop was really good, too, I thought. I was bummed that he was a bad guy at the end. I was like, gosh dang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so weird in that talking in, like, third person and stuff. He definitely seemed like a guy Michael Caine would hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked, too, um, how Clive Owen's just the everyday man, right? Doing his best to get through the situations. Like, he doesn't ever pick up a gun and shoot it at somebody in this he only does one violent thing in the whole movie it makes him really believable and somebody you can relate to which just goes along with all the themes of the movie and the backstories and everything really well yeah i think i was reading in the trivia that he never touched a gun in the whole movie there was times where i was thinking to myself i was like man why didn't he grab this gun here why didn't he do that but he doesn't need it. He just kind of goes in and gets it done, and he beats people up with car doors, I guess. <laughs> or, or a battery? Was that a car battery oh, that yeah. he killed Sid with? <laughs> that was brutal. That was brutal. He just He's coming out the door, and he just, like, smacks him once with it, and it's like, oh, man. I did love how, I guess, when they first got ambushed, I guess he killed that one guy's brother or cousin. I can't remember the relation with the car door. Didn't he hit the guy again with the car door? Like, he got both of them with car doors, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was good, too. Like, even that was well-developed. Yeah, that little, like, rivalry where that guy's super mad at Clive Owens. Clive Owens couldn't care less. <laughs> was, yeah, just a grunt. Like, you, it doesn't matter. That was a nice twist, too. 
about halfway through the movie when they show up and you're like, oh no, this Luke guy is <laughs> going to use the baby for political means. Yep, yep, that was, I like that. Plays pretty well with the rest of the movie. Like, what I took from this movie is that people <laughs> can't put aside their differences long enough to, you know, hold on to the strand of hope or whatever. Because uh, just everything goes wrong. Like, even when the baby comes out and everybody stops for a second, like you said, the rocket launcher comes shooting out and it's like, oh, right. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be killing each other. And they just go straight back to murdering each other. So it plays really well, I think, with just like everything they go to, something goes wrong. Like the cop that helped them turns on them and everything. Like as soon as the they all want to use this baby for their own purposes rather than just letting them go free. I guess, was the plan. I'm not exactly sure what their plan was with the baby, but... Like the long-term plan or like the immediate plan? Long-term. I mean, obviously they wanted to get the baby away, but I don't know what this group is or why they want to take it to this group. They're going to use it to spur an uprising against the British government. Well, that's what the fishes want to do, but I don't know if that's what the human project they're trying to get to wants to do. I'm talking about the boat people. I don't know. I guess it's just to escape England. I don't know what the, the plan is with that. I, they never explain what the human project is, really. It's just, it sounds like it's a myth more than anything. I kind of got the impression that this British government was kind of like in um, like 1984 or V for Vendetta, where like they do all this propaganda like, the rest of the world is in flames and chaos, and we're the, the empire is the only remaining country that stands strong. But it's all a lie, and like everywhere else in the world is okay. Like, I felt like over on the European mainland, there was some kind of science body that was going to study her and the baby to figure out how it happened. That That's the kind of what I got from it, too. Like, the human project was going to, they're going to be the ones who are good and are, they're in it for the science and to figure out what's going on and how to fix it, if possible. And in the long run, it doesn't really, I guess what the human project is doesn't really matter because it's just getting them out, which is the main crux of the story. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, I, I have my doubts that that's going to work out well for him too, just how everything else has panned out in this movie. <laughs> you mean you've given in to the nihilism? Yes. <laughs> After watching this, it's like, things are going to seem good at first, but that guy's right. Don't let that baby leave, get too far away from you because... Every everyone's gonna want to use this thing for their own purposes, so that's just how we work, I guess. But it's got that underlying uh, vein of hope going through it, so I I don't know. I like to think that it it's gonna be okay after they make it. Yeah, I like how we're just watching the story of Clive Owen's character, and so basically when he um dies at the end you know that's when the movie ends he got his job done he got her out he got her to the the ship and that's that's all we needed to see yeah and he got to be not really redeemed but have hope restored i guess would be more apt term he didn't let chance take over he let his faith come back or whatever like what michael kane was saying it's such a good character arc that we see through Clive Owen's character throughout this movie. It's nice. I like it a lot. Very well told story. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't see very many movies like this that are kind of in this style, that are this fast paced, that do all these things so well. 
Because this is like a one in ten movie, I think. You know, like well, maybe like one in a hundred, maybe maybe one in a thousand. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to. You get what I'm trying to say, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of takes the genre and does a little spin on it. You know, I mean, this unlikely hero angle. You know, we've seen that a thousand times, but like you pointed out earlier, you know, this guy never picks up a gun. This guy never you know, becomes like a Rambo-like figure throughout his character arc. Like, he's still himself at the end, having gone through this whole journey. Maybe, you know, rediscovered himself and awakened from his depression. But yeah, he stays grounded. It's cool how intense and action it can be without the main character ever, like, getting in some big crazy shootout. Yeah, he never turns into John Wick or anything. In a different movie, he'd be like an ex-Black Ops guy who retired because he wanted to be with his family and then the tragic <laughs> thing happened and now he's got to be pulled back out of retirement <laughs> to protect this new person he's arnold schwarzenegger oh <laughs> uh, they should have cast arnold in this yes <laughs> no boy <laughs> give me the baby <laughs> put that baby down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no <laughs> oh that'd be great Somebody do that like face uh, swap thing on, with this movie, but put Arnold in it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd look weird because he'd be very scrawny. <laughs> <laughs> he really had to bulk down for this role. Yeah, <laughs> he took a cue from Christian Bale. I do like Clive Owen's like look as a character in this movie, like his his like overcoat or whatever you want to call that. Uh, he just looks cool, like. He looks like future detective guy. He's always dirty, too. He's, like, very disheveled, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's the thing about the future. It's either really bright or it's really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's no in-between. <laughs> I was reading in the trivia something that I found was kind of interesting that I didn't notice it while I was watching it, but... After reading that, I was kind of like, yeah, that happened. But basically, in almost every shot in this movie, there's some kind of animal. Oh, yeah. There's, like, farm animals everywhere. Yeah, there's, like, chickens in the house. There's cats. Sheep running around. Yeah, there's sheep. There's almost always, I think it said, a dog. Like, there's a dog in almost every scene. That's where they're hinting that, like, they're going to turn uh, that woman into livestock to, like, breed new humans or something. Yeah, that's definitely what they were hinting at <laughs> in that, that scene. I mean, that scene with the cows, I was like, oh, geez, like that's definitely some symbolism or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a good point. I had not thought of it like that. <laughs> but I never show you what they do with her, so hopefully that's not what happens. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Kind of talking back on her character some, too, is I liked it. I thought it was cool how, like, Britain's taking this huge lockdown stance and they're being extremely abusive to refugees and stuff like that, basically treating them as subhuman. And then the actual first birth in like 18 to 20 years comes from one of those people who would be a refugee um, in London's eyes, basically, or Britain's eyes, whatever. You know what I mean. I thought that was a really neat way to handle that and it ties itself back to like stuff from back in 2006 up through today still too gives you a really unique way to maybe not unique but gives you a good way to look at that kind of situation 
Yeah, it's uh, great for the plot of this movie. Um, it's an awesome plot, like, device that they use. But it also does have, like, some commentary, which dystopian sci-fi usually does have commentary on society today. And it's a really good one. Yeah, it doesn't hit you over the head with it or anything, too. It's just like, this is what happens, and this is how the people deal with it. But it leaves that, that question in your mind on, that gets you thinking. I really like that. That's something something I picked up on for the second viewing anyways. And I was like, that's good. I like this. This is <laughs> This is a good way to handle that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like pretty much everything about this movie, so... <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> like, yeah, I really would have to stretch and probably watch this movie a couple of times to find, like, the most minor gripes I could, because I, I just don't really care. Everything's just so well done. Concur. I would feel the same, yeah. I just don't... I, like, I'm having a hard time thinking of things that I disliked. As I can think of one thing. There's a, a little bit of dialogue at the beginning that's kind of a little exposition-y. A little bit too much with the style they're going for, just throwing you in. But like I said, that's a very minor, minor nitpick. It is only a couple scenes with, when he meets up with Michael Caine and he's telling him stuff that he's like, well... Clive Owen would already know this already, so it's a little it's a little weird, but like I said, very, very minor nitpick on it because the rest that doesn't even really come up again. Hmm, well are we ready for some overall presentation then? I think I could be. I think I'm ready. Let's do it. Alright, we got a scale we used to rate these movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it, in that order. We all give a little summary about what we think, and then we try to average our scores out at the end, but who knows what's going to happen in this grim, dark reality we all live in. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I got a little story, a little tale to tell. Many years ago, I lived in this town, and there was this drought of children nobody was having children and it, it was getting a little weird i thought this town was gonna like dry up you know maybe it's gonna go away because you know we they need to have kids or we're all just gonna disappear and i don't know it, i was starting to lose hope but then one day it was revealed somebody was pregnant and they're gonna have a kid and everybody was so happy and um yeah nine months later uh the first kid came out in many years, and everybody was so happy. And you know who that kid was? <gasps> it was Mike. It was me. <laughs> the first. <laughs> it was Mike. He was the first. Wait, you're so much older than me than TV. <laughs> I didn't know this. You didn't know I'm like 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you don't show it at all, man. <laughs> See, yeah, getting into it, um, I haven't had the experience I had after watching this movie where I just like sat there. And I was like, wow, that was a really, really good movie. And quite a while. I can't remember last time really it's happened. It's been a few months. Not that I haven't watched good movies in the past few months, but this one just does a lot of things and it does them all like really, really well and completely exceeded all my expectations I had for this movie. I didn't really know what to expect going in, but 
I'm going to say buy it. This movie's pretty much phenomenal all around in everything it does, I think. So, yeah, buy it from Mike. This was a really good pick. I'd agree with pretty much everything Mad Mike said there. You know, I, I'd heard a lot about this movie and went into it with pretty high expectations for the story, the plot. But then it really surprised me and everything else. I mean, the cinematography was top of the line. The soundtrack was killer. The acting was phenomenal. I love Clive Owen. I wish that guy was in more like mainstream stuff. He's great. But yeah, I think it's really uh really a unique and special experience when everything uh comes together and works like it does in this movie. And I gotta give it a buy it as well. I mean, this is a masterpiece. This is some grade A cinema right here. Children of Men, buy it. Yeah, this movie is pretty great. Um, any complaints I have are minute and near inconsequential to my feelings on this film. I think it's awesome. All the acting and performances are amazing. The like set pieces are cool. The camera work, all those long takes are super intense, really well done. Uh, I love all the characters in this movie as well. Yeah, I mean, King Crimson shows up, so I have to give it a buy. This movie's awesome. All the guys here pretty much covered everything <laughs> for this one. It's great all the way around. Um, I wish I would have seen it earlier. Uh, buy it for me. It's this guy's uh, best film. When's the last time we all gave it a buy it? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I would say probably our samurai movies. Was it Was it Harakiri? Yeah, it might have been. I don't I don't know. We've talked about a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's cool. That's great. It's a good start to the Grim Dark series. A very positive and hopeful start to this Grim Dark series. <laughs> I feel like we're I'm gonna take it, maybe Fox take it too. <laughs> it's gonna take a very drastic turn. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows it's good to start on top and slowly fall your way down the hill, right? Just to roll down. I think that's very grim dark, so it fits with the uh, the category. So Mike's up next. He's got the next pick. What are you going to pick, Mike? I'm going to pick uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, and I do not oh. expect this to be near as good as what we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I hope it surprises me, but I don't know. I've heard a lot of mixed things about this, but I am curious. I, I like the vibe that I get from it, so. I have seen this, and uh, that's all I'll say at this point. It's by the guy who did Mandy, though. Mandy was a wild movie. That was a wild movie that I was not a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I wanted to be, but I was not. Yeah, it, it, I could see why people wouldn't like that one. I was a big fan of that, and I don't know. I, was, uh, I don't want to say anything else. I'm not going to say nothing else. We could talk about it next week. TV always does this. You'll be like, I've seen it, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I want you to go in fresh. I don't want to scour your brain or sweeten it. Either way. Just don't touch my brain, TV. <laughs> this looks very interesting. This movie does. Yeah, so... It it should be an interesting review next week, hopefully, anyways. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. It's been on the list for a while. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, next week, Beyond the Black Rainbow. But in the meantime, if any of you listeners want to hit us up, talk to us about grim, dark movies, if 
you have any suggestions or get the reference from 40k, let us know. We would love to hear from you. So we can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real or email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts. Were we wrong? Were we right? Is Children of Men a masterpiece? Is it overrated? I would love to hear somebody say it's overrated. I would be very curious to hear why. Because I loved it. Yeah. But yeah, if you just want to tell us how much you love it, see, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, be sure to get in contact with us. We'd really love to hear from you. Even if you just want to spam uh, the email with some Warhammer 40K quotes, you know, that that's oh, cool boy. too. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I'm the one who reads those. I'm the least uh, knowledgeable about 40K, so I may not understand your references. <laughs> TV will be like, hey, we got this weird email. <laughs> <laughs> off the forward I'm on be like what does this mean <laughs> but yeah send them in we'd love to hear from you um, and be sure to tune in next week for Beyond the Black Rainbow thanks for listening to us tonight we really appreciate it this is Run the Real signing off mm-hmm.